This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jarecki, and three-time Pro Bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. One week, gentlemen. Actually, one week from tomorrow, if we're being completely accurate here. The 2022 NFL Draft is right around the corner. News on that a bit later. Let's first talk about this week. The starts of the off-season strength and conditioning program, another sign of normalcy. We haven't seen this over the past two seasons because of COVID-19, but players are back in the building. There is a different vibe, offense, defense, nothing on the field as far as football activity, but this is where the work really begins. And now the question is, all right, how important is it? And there are two schools of thought. I haven't had it the past two off-seasons. And then there's the other school of thought that, hey, this is where you build your team, that chemistry. Things are a little bit different these days. I don't know if it's a generational thing, Kyle, but your playing days, it was still voluntary, although maybe a little bit in quotes, if you will. Now they really stress the fact that it is voluntary. Guys are working out. Some choose to do it on their own. Others, and there's a good number of in that Cardinals locker room that are getting together and having fun while also building towards this upcoming season. Yeah, it is surprising how much has changed. Um, While it is voluntary to me, uh, it is vital. Uh, This is when uh, teams get better. We heard a lot of talk with the way the season ended, the way this team looked in their playoff loss, that we've identified what the issues are and we are going to move forward. And, you know, I felt, you feel, players in that locker room felt um, this team was close. You know, and for the majority of the season, looked like one of the best teams in football, um, just had to take that next step. And so players, leaders, need to all get pointed in the same direction, get together and take that next step. The opportunity is there. It starts this week as far as putting last season behind us, identifying how this team can get better and moving forward. And it's it's good to see players back in the building. It's good to see players. Um, you know, you know it, let me be clear, for an NFL player, off-season workouts don't start today. Um, for me, um, and for the majority of my teammates when I played, it was that next day. You're getting your body back. You're recovering. You're getting in the weight room. It is much harder to get into shape than it is to stay in shape. So you're doing something every day. You're working your craft every day. Um, if you're a true professional, um, you never truly have a real off season. You're always thinking about football. And I would think, um, it, you know, and again, um, this, this might sound a little bit backwards, but if my team wasn't successful I kind of want the season to end the way it did for the Cardinals because I wanted to come back hungry I wanted all my teammates to come back hungry and I really wanted to get after it in the offseason to take those steps because 
every team in the NFL at this point is hopeful and optimistic and feels like they can be the team. They can be the Rams of this upcoming season and make that push and have an opportunity to become get that ultimate prize and become Super Bowl champs. But that doesn't start when training camp starts. That doesn't start when the first regular season game starts. That starts now. You've got to put in those hours and put in that work build toward the future and sometimes it's a slow process sometimes it's baby steps but you have to continue to take those steps in the offseason and there have been a handful of players mj that have been in the facility working out a couple of days after the regular season postseason ended jj watt being one of them. now it's just more organized you can kind of collectively work together position groups offense defense and then kind of build towards what kyle was saying getting over that hump of hey get into the playoffs, win a couple of games, get to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. Yeah. <clears throat> when you look at it, though, it's it's really strength and conditioning, and then they'll go on the field and they'll run gassers. So this is really Buddy Morris's, um, you know, program, and players speak very highly of him and how much he, you know, considering guys have been in other teams and how effective he is to each player and the personality he has. So, again, I mean, you'd like to see everyone here, but um, – when you get to OTAs and the mandatory mini camp and the rookie camp, I mean, it's you're going to have to be here. You know, it's kind of like homework in high school. It's voluntary, but you better do it. Yeah, otherwise it's going to cost you down the road. Correct. Uh, eventually it's going to catch up to you. We mentioned J.J. Watt. Well, he addressed the media on day one, which was Tuesday, the early parts of what this offseason program is all about. I think there's a bigger uh, outlook at this current moment for – building as good of an athlete as you can be. I think that you're trying to get bigger, you're trying to get faster, trying to get stronger, more flexible, um, doing all the things that you can really control in the offseason. But we're, we're always thinking about football, and especially starting here in a couple of weeks once we get on the field um, and, and can actually have a ball and throw it around and do what we do as football players. That's when you really start to lock in there. Good to see J.J. Watts in attendance, Buda Baker in attendance, DeAndre Hopkins was here participating, James Conner as well. The one name that everyone is focused on, Kyler Murray, not here. Reportedly, this was well known, not a surprise. Murray, either through himself or his representative, told General Manager Steve Kime, Head Coach Cliff Kingsbury, look, I'm going to stay in Texas, I'm going to work out on my own and that's the end of it. We haven't heard from Kyler Murray since he was here in town, and he has been around. It's not like he hasn't been in the facility working out, but he is not here, and that brings up to the point, all right, how big of a deal when your quarterback is not in the building? Two schools of thought, Kyle. Not so much of a big deal because, all as MJ said, all you're doing is working out, running, you have a football in your hand, you're not working on the routes or anything like that, or it's, hey, you're the leader. You're the face of the franchise. You should be here in this building. Yeah, look, I, I don't know that Kyler missing yesterday or even today or even the next couple of weeks is going to make the difference in wins and losses next year. Um, it, let me be clear. Every player wants their teammates to get paid, but they don't want it to come at their expense. Um, and there will come a point and and if players aren't here, I'm not speaking specifically about Kyler, but assume a player misses the entire offseason and he is a leader. He is a guy that you're counting on on Sundays. He will need to grab a teammate by the face mask and say, you need to pick it up. You need to do this. But you've got to have that cachet. You have to have shown your commitment. You know, it was important for me. Um, I was limited physically, um, but I was a leader on the team, and it was important to me to be first in, last out, to be a guy that was seen because there came times 
when I would have to grab a player and say, look, you need to pick it up. But if I hadn't done that myself, if I hadn't put in that work, if I hadn't been there every day, um, those are just empty words. You know, guys look at guys around the locker room, and, and I played with plenty of them. There, I, I've played with players that were tremendous leaders when things were going well, but when things went south, they were always looking for excuses or, or reasons in, in other people and other players. So, I, you know, as, and it, Kyler, I, I'm sure he truly is working really hard at his craft. He's wherever he is working out. He's putting in the time to do the things he needs to do. Um, but at some point, it becomes vital that he is here doing it with his teammates to build that trust, those relationships. And so you can do those types of things where if a guy's not running the route the way he should run it or he's not doing the right things or he's not putting out the performance he needs to do, Kyler has the ability to walk up to that player and say, hey, I've invested everything I could do to this season. I need the same from you. And it needs to show and you need to pick it up. Let me play devil's advocate because, as we've seen across the league, Kyler Murray's not the only player, not the only quarterback. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Tannehill, not involved in this off-season strength and conditioning program at the moment. Matthew Stafford is. So, I get again, I understand both ways, and we won't know, but to your point, what happens now, does it really translate into wins and losses once the regular season begins? Yeah, you, you never know. Um, you know, I, again, being having been in locker rooms, I didn't care about those other teams. I cared about my locker room and my teammates. I, if I was out there doing everything I could to to get the, move the team forward, to take those steps, take again, it's it's just baby steps right now. Nobody is winning a Super Bowl um, this time of the season. Nobody is doing things to get into the playoffs this time of the season. Um, but you. You, you definitely prefer your players here and everybody pointing in the same direction. It seemed like in the exit interviews and talking to each and every player, every guy said, I'm committed to taking the next step. I don't want to be in this locker room um, looking at my teammates after a playoff loss again and, and be in the same situation next year. And so when you hear those type of things, um, you hope that you see those type of things in the offseason, that every single player that felt the the – the wounds in that locker room after that playoff loss that felt the disappointment in how the season ended, um, that they truly were committed and are committed to moving forward and, and erasing that and making sure that that doesn't happen again. To that point, 34-11, to 11, January 17th at SoFi Stadium, Cardinals lose uh, to the Rams in the postseason, and that's something that sticks with a lot of those players, including J.J. Watt. You got to play your best football at the most important times of the year, um, and, and I obviously don't think that we did that. I hope it's motivation for every single guy on the team to do everything in their power to make sure that we're not in a situation like that again, the back half of the season, and then specifically uh, what happened in the playoffs. So, if you can't look at that game and you can't walk out of that stadium feeling motivation and wanting to work harder and wanting to be better and wanting to do everything that you can probably in the wrong business well said now when you look at it you know james connor really didn't sign until june correct a year ago yeah a year ago it was june right so you look at it and there's it's important for him and zach Ertz and jj watt and aj green because they're going into their second year and you know it's important i think you know based on just those guys being in the system but they should be much better 
in their second year versus their first year because you know you're learning a new team you're learning a new quarterback you're learning, learning a new locker room so I, I think it's important for those guys and, and everyone else that should be here but I you could tell that these guys the camaraderie they have with each other um, it's contagious when it comes to that locker room JJ Watt certainly one of those outspoken leaders and he's made it known he's been here pretty much the entire time outside of a couple of trips and it is good to have guys in the locker room and I hope it does MJ that how last season ended becomes a motivation and it doesn't become a well we've turned the page and last year was last year well not based off what this team has done in the offseason as far as how many of the players or roster moves have been made that have been bringing back players from last season so this 2021 is going to be discussed a lot in 2022 yeah and i think that's what the cardinals wanted to do is they wanted to retain a lot of their own players and you know obviously getting zach Ertz under contract for three more years james connor colt mccoy aj green another year um that, that that was the idea i think people forget they were 10 and 2 at one point but Clearly, it didn't end the way anybody wanted it to. By the way, James Conner last year, April 13th. Okay. So it was April before the draft, but it wasn't part of that first wave of free agency. It is Draft Weekend, or the Draft Weekend Country Concert presented by SeatGeek, featuring Ryan Hurd, Lanco, and Calista Clark, Saturday, April 30th on the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. For tickets and information, visit sportsmansparkaz.com. That's sportsmansparkaz.com. Speaking of roster moves, bringing players back, A.J. Green returns. We discuss his return to the Cardinals and what it means for the offense in 2022. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Let's start that off as Bruce Arians. That's what I'm talking about. Dead Murray and shotgun snapped to Kyler at a tiny little short set. See how I did that? Short set a little bit. Now throwing deep far side and it's pulled in at the five-yard line. Right. Hold <laughs> on. I got to grab myself a crown royal here. Have a little sippy dippy. <laughs> little sippy dippy. Daddy. Right. Doopsy doo. Dipperoo. Finish the call as Jack Nicholson. A.J. Green just too strong. Too big. Too athletic. <laughs> Do Tracy Morgan. Oh, what a great read by Kyler Murray to throw the ball. Say it as Morgan Freeman. What a great read by Kyler Murray to throw the ball. You've got a scarecrow on a stick. <laughs> Put it out there. <laughs> Let him go get it. That's exactly what A.J. Green did. Can you do it as Liam Neeson? What a great read by Kyler Murray to throw the ball. You've got a scarecrow on a stick. <laughs> Put it out there. Let him go get it. That's exactly what A.J. Green did. As good as Frank Caliendo is, and he's very, very good, very funny, he's actually impersonating impersonating Ron Wolfley because those were exact the exact words that Ron Wolfley used as A.J. Green had the 41-yard touchdown against the Los Angeles Rams. So this scarecrow on a straight stick, it's still one of those things from a year ago that, uh, well, it's Ron Wolfley. We all love him. Welcome back. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Craig Rhea, Luke Avendabosh, and Mike Jarecki. And welcome back, A.J. Green. Something that had been discussed, rumored, now official. A.J. Green back on a one-year contract. We've talked a lot about it here on the Cardinals Red Sewer Boards. This team needed to do something in that wide receiver room. You lose a Christian Kirk. Okay, Rondell Moore. 
perhaps ready to step in and be that slot receiver, perhaps see some work on the outside. But without A.J. Green, Kyle, they did not have that outside wide receiver, that big target, if you will, not to say that they won't still address it in the drafts or maybe even in free agency still, but A.J. Green, because of his knowledge of the offense, it certainly, to me, makes sense versus going out and finding someone else out there that has to learn the offense. Yeah, Mike was just talking about it. Um, you know, year two for A.J. Green in this system is a big deal. He, he spent nine years in uh, with the same team, same system, coming in, having to learn a new system, a new role, um, and and really had a productive season. You know, that was one of the big question marks is how are we going to replace all of this production that's leaving via free agency? Well, um, you brought back a big chunk of that with A.J. Green, and, and I think with another year in the system and his knowledge of it and his comfort level with, with both – the way that, um, you know, Coach Kingsbury calls the plays and how Kyler runs the offense, um, you know, I think you're going to see his numbers improve. Um, You know, I think for the majority of the season, A.J. Green was a perfect number two receiver. The issue became when D-Hop went out, um, he couldn't really step into that number one receiver role. So um, I I think, you know, this is what NFL teams do when they self-scout and look back at last season. you need to, you know, you don't ever want to plan for a player missing or being injured, but there needs to be a contingency plan is what is this offense going to look like? How can we adapt in the event um, that DeAndre Hopkins is unavailable for a game or two games? Um, and and I think that they're going to address that and, and find some of those answers this offseason. Yeah, Craig did some research here. So Green with Hopkins, 37 receptions on 54 targets, about 68.5%. 572 yards, two touchdowns over 10 games, twice at 100 yard receiving yards. Green without Hopkins, 17 receptions on 38 targets, 44.7, 276 yards, zero touchdowns over the last six games, twice only had one catch, and against the Rams, he was 0 for 3 on targets. And, and you know, I, I watched the flight plan, and I didn't realize that Zach Ertz and D Hop only played two games together. The injuries certainly were a factor, and you know I'll raise my hand here and felt once D-Hop went down, I was like, all right, you've got A.J. Green, someone who has been a number one wide receiver, one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. He can assume that role. Well, maybe at his age, at his point in his career right now, that's asking too much because there was something that was amiss between Kyler Murray and A.J. Green, and Green has discussed that, which we'll get to momentarily, but the fact that A.J. Green didn't ascend, didn't step up his game to that number one status, maybe was asking a little bit too much. Yeah, and I think everybody felt that. I mean, for again, what did he start his career with seven straight Pro Bowls? It was like a you know, A.J. Green was at least a 1,000 yards receiving every year, and you thought, wow. I mean, honestly, upon his signing, you thought um, you know, he's, he's dealt with some injuries. Um, we potentially have two number one receivers on this team. A.J. Green, for you know a good part, early part of his career, was one of the top five, one of the best receivers in the NFL, um, and he still has that in him. I mean, he's been a big game receiver. He's been he's made huge plays. He has the ability to stretch the field. Has unbelievable body control. Um, you know, you get the ball near him, he can get it. Um, so, um, you, you know, maybe again. You know, for for a receiver having foot and angle injuries like he had a couple of seasons ago, 
Um, that could be the death nail in your career. But the further you get away from that, the more explosive you become, the better you're able to get in and out of your cuts. And, um, you know, you, you didn't see that resurface last year. Um, so hopefully all of that's in his rearview mirror and he, he becomes in, uh, you know, looks more like the player he was early in his career than, than the player we saw um, in the second half of last season that really, like we, we talked about, couldn't take that step and ascend to that number one type receiver. Green only missed one game last season. That was because he landed on the reserve COVID-19 list. Otherwise, played 16, started nine games, 54 catches overall for 848 yards and three touchdowns. Cardinals director of player personnel recently on the Big Red Rage, Drew Grigson, talking about the return of A.J. Green. We have an 11-win team, and we keep re-signing the guys that helped us get 11 wins and the guys that are part of the culture that helped change the culture from when we were a three-win team and had the first pick in the draft and keep those guys around. AJ's been around the block. He is a consummate pro. Uh, he's a position of need, you know, especially being an outside guy, being an ex, a guy that we wanted to bring back because of that, and, and he knows what we're all about. He knows what it's like working with Sean Jefferson now. So uh, excited to have him back. Um, and again, uh, a great pro, um, and we know exactly what we're getting with AJ. Now, to Green's credit, when he addressed the media earlier in the week, mentioned that he had a, quote, okay season in 2021 and addressed the miscommunication and attention to details as far as the relationship between him and quarterback Kyler Murray. In fact, Green is going to be a guest on this week's Big Red Rage. Paul Calvisi, a little bit of a tease here, but Paul Calvisi speaking with Green about the communication with Murray last season, now looking towards this season. Man, it just seemed at times that Kyler and A.J. weren't quite on the same page. Mm -hmm. Fair? Unfair? No, that's fair. That's 100% fair, and I, I felt the same way. Um, so that's what me got to be accountable going to him and telling him what I see and what he needs me to do better. I can take it like, AJ, you need to run this route at this depth. You need to do this. You know, I'm no bigger than the team. I need him to communicate with me, and I'll do the same. Where do you think in terms of Kyler and his upside just as a quarterback? What do you see the, in the future for him? Man, he's an MVP caliber guy, man. Um, I think the injury – him off a little bit but if you look at the first couple games man he was playing at MVP level and for me it just got to continue helping him bring him along and I mean he's not a guy that's going to be in your face but we got to make him be in his face because this is his team always comes down to communication real life personal relationships business relationship it's no different in professional sports college high school the communication if it's not there Kyle then you're going to have issues and how do you deal with it how do you work to get better you learn from your mistakes love to hear that accountability from AJ Green now we need to see it come to play this season yeah like you said communication and relationships um, it's huge especially the quarterback receiver type relationship and that comes um, you know again from off-season commitment it comes from reps it comes from um, you know spending time at lunch sitting around just talking about how practice went what things work which which routes you like um, which routes the quarterback likes to throw and again um, going into year two I I think you're going to see that that maybe not a giant leap but you're going to see that step you're going to see that relationship build that comfort level level build Um, and and it's good to hear you know again um, AJ Green was a superstar in this league. It's good to hear his humility. It's good for him to say, um, 
I can take it. Kyler can come to me and tell me I messed something up, I'm not doing something right, and I will fix it. And that's how a team gets better. You know, it all <clears throat> excuse me, it all started in that in that Packers game. Obviously the Cardinals trailed and then they had a chance to win. There was a miscommunication there. But you know, even in the Colts game, you know, you could see Kyler was a little frustrated where he wanted him to come back to the ball. But I, I do respect the fact that, you know, he realizes that he said he had an okay year and that's why I think year number two for a lot of these guys we're going to see a, a huge jump. Now, it's going to be difficult for James Conner to put up those same kind of numbers, but he is going to be the bell cow in this offense, and he, he, he's, you're going to utilize him in short yardage in the passing game. So, yeah, I, I appreciate his honesty because I think a lot of fans out there were thinking the same thing. Green will be 34 when the season begins, yet from what I saw last season, it's not like he's slowing down. Maybe he has lost a little bit of his step, but he's never – I don't remember him ever being like a real speedster or a burner – his advantage on defenders was his height, his route running. Even when he was covered, he was going to make sure he would get the ball or the defender would not have an opportunity to get his hands on the football. Right. Yeah, he's got a good catch radius. Uh, you, you throw it near him, he's going to come down with it. Um, and, you know, you've got to assume he came here last year on a one-year prove-it type deal. Um, he, he doesn't, at this point in his career, want to continue to sign one-year deals. He wants a two- or three-year deal to finish his career. Um, knowing that he may have left some things on the field last year, that's he, he still has that hunger. He still wants to prove, look, I can be an answer for a team. I can be a reliable receiver. I can be a difference maker. And he wants to do that now. So I think, you know, we had talked about several times um, on other shows um, this is when you find real value. You find guys that are on those prove-it type deals, and here he is for the second year in a row on a prove-it type deal so he can set himself up and get another two-, three-year contract to finish his career. He doesn't, you know, you, you don't want to at the end of your career keep getting those one-year deals, potentially bouncing around from team to team and never having that stability and being the guy in the system. So um, you can expect him to be hungry to do what it takes to help this team and make the improvements that he needs to make to to be um, that game-changing type receiver. And and let's not forget about you know, the lifestyle, uh, practicing on grass, playing on grass at least eight or nine games a year. I mean, you wake up and it's sunny and you know it's snowing in, in Cleveland right now and your body feels good. So those are big factors as you get older in your career where it's really the quality of life. A.J. Green returning on a one-year contract. One of the several moves this team has made about retaining their own players from last season. We'll get into that next here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Episode 28 of the Dave Patch Podcast featuring NFL Network draft analyst Daniel Jeremiah is available now. Catch up on past episodes. Follow the Dave Patch Podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at PashPod. We've hit half time here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. I fell in love with Arizona, I fell in love with this organization, uh, everybody in the building. And so um, to just have a three-year contract, and, and uh, it's just nice to call this place home. What's up, bro? <laughs> yeah. Appreciate you, my bro. Just for you. You already know I'm just for you, just for us. Yeah, I'm you, like you meet the family. What's up, man? Zach? It's Ertz. My brother Rich Bloom. My brother Mike, that's my mother, Kelly. You know, we got off to a hot start. You know, I thought last year would be our year. But things take time. You know we're going to get right back oh, to work. I know. I know. We're just fired up, man. So congrats. Let's recommend Cardinals flight plan enough. 
Emmy Award winning series is back. Season 5, episode number 1. It debuted Tuesday nights. If you missed it, go to the Cardinals YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Cardinals. but taking you behind the scenes. Here are the voices of James Conner, Zach Ertz at the end, head coach Cliff Kingsbury, detailing what is going on here in the offseason, MJ, the cameras behind the scenes. And this is what I love. It's what fans love to see the workings of how do we get from now to week one. Yeah, and it was fascinating that he, he brought his family in here and they got a chance to sit in the uh, in the conference room when Michael's having him sign the contract. And, you know, it was just fascinating. You know, we don't see that stuff. Uh, if you do, it's, you know, more just a still picture. So, like I said, I'm always looking for more, and I know we're going to have another segment here, or another flight plan coming up. But yeah, it was, and you could just see the relationship with Michael Bidwell with the players, and he's excited. And he said, "Listen, they were happy for Christian Kirk. He's a great kid. They, you know, you can't resign everyone. So it's just you see the personality and how much they respect each other. And it's to me, it's it's very enlightening because we work here and we don't see half of that stuff. Yeah, the. In the workings as far as the contract signings, and I thought you brought up a good point, MJ. The title of episode one, Card Core, meaning, all right, what is this team doing here in the offseason? Yeah, you lose a Chandler Jones, a Christian Kirk, a Chase Edmonds, all great Arizona Cardinals players. You heard from Steve Kime, Michael Bidwell. Yeah, wish them all well. Can't keep everyone. So, all right, what do the Cardinals do here, Kyle? Figure out who they want to keep and prioritize those free agents, i.e. Zach Ertz, James Conner, Colt McCoy, players who were either, case of Ertz, never hit free agency. And then certainly if they did make it to free agency on the open market, chose to come back because this is where they want to be. Yeah, I, I think, you know, again, um, one of the things I appreciate about this offseason, um, you, you know, fans obviously want the splash. They want the big name, they, you know, and with that comes the big contract. Um, but this team has slowly built itself up to a playoff team, and you appreciate that this this organization wants sustainability. They don't want to go back to where they were. They've identified who are our core pieces, who are – the leaders at each position group, who are the guys that got us to where we are and so that we can move forward and we can plug in pieces after that. Um, and, um, you know, just, just talking about flight plan, you guys are absolutely right. Um, I, I think as, as, as a fan, the thing you missed during COVID was the insight, seeing and getting to know players, um, some of the players without their helmets. And you get to see players you know you see Zach Ertz come in with his wife and you see James Conner come in with his family and it humanizes them and you see their personnel and you see what kind of people they are and that's what will serve this organization well is the people the good people the the people that care about their teammates and care about this organization and care about the community I mean you see Kyler Murray out in the community you see um, you know the the type of players and people that they are, and that's when you that's what fans missed, and that's what fans love the insight and and getting to see how even in the off season with you know the first game seems like it's it's years away it's so far away you see that the gears are always turning and the inner you get to see some of the inner workings that you might not realize are happening every single day there is i mean for the front office i, I mean you see several clips of Steve Kime 
watching film. You know, I have to imagine that's probably all he does this time of year is just watch film, breaking down players, looking at prospects, looking at free agents. Um, that evaluation process never stops, and it's you're always moving forward trying to find ways that you can take that next step. I'll say this, though. I mean, it, it's it, watching Max Williams. I mean, he was excited. Ever, all these guys, and I know – they're obviously signing a contract. He's coming back on a one-year deal. Obviously, Ertz and Connor were a three-year. But you could just – Dennis Gardak, you know, just the excitement. And Max Williams, I mean, he's, he's – I'm so glad he's back because, I, you know, the fact that this team was rolling when he was on the field last year. All those names that we just mentioned, players from a year ago coming back here in 2022, the free agency strategy, what was the mission of this offseason? Here's owner Michael Bidwell from Cardinals Flight Plan. If you look at the last five seasons, about two-thirds of the free agents that went to a different team and were paid more than $10 million played less than 75% play time. Many were not starters. Most of them didn't go to the Pro Bowl. Just because you spend a lot of money in free agency doesn't mean you get the greatest players out there. And frankly, when I look back at Steve's success, Steve has had great success signing players that people have sort of forgotten about a little bit after the draft. I mean, James Conner, we signed in June of last year. There are a lot of great players out there. Being aggressive also means being patient and taking the risk that great players are gonna be out there and having the confidence that we'll be able to sign them at the right time. We've talked about that a lot, and Kyle, you were one of the first to mention that, hey, you know what, this team a year ago was successful, 11 wins is 11 wins, despite how the season ended, but you look, 17 roster moves, beginning with the Zach Ertz re-signing, 17 roster moves, 12 of which have been players returning from last season, including nine unrestricted free agents, so you figure out, all right, The talent from a year ago, 11 wins, great. Now you build upon that, but we need these guys back, and that's exactly what, in the words of Michael Bidwell said, we're bringing those players back that we're familiar with, that we know we're successful wearing Cardinal uniforms. Yeah, and, you know, Drew Grigson talked about it when he's talking about A.J. Green. Um, You know, like you said, it was polarizing on Twitter and social media, and, and, you know, fans are entitled to their opinions. But you know the guys in your building – better than anybody else you know how aj green how james connor how um, these guys you're bringing back you know how they prepare you know what they're like in meeting rooms you know what they're like in the practice field you know their value more than anybody else where you know while you do your due diligence with signing free agents and and players you draft in the draft you never know until they get here and you've seen it with some of the draft picks and some of the free agent signings here and with every other team um and, and again um, you know, you've identified the guys that can help us win, guys that helped the Cardinals win last year, and they are the core. Now it's just a matter of filling in the pieces around it. And, again, with this patient, patient approach, um, you're going to fill some of those holes in the draft, and then you circle back, and there is still a lot of really good players, impact players that are waiting for a phone call, waiting for an opportunity – waiting for that one-year contract and that prove-it type deal that you can bring in that can help you get back to the playoffs and hopefully further next year. And those players, i.e. edge rushers, MJ, (laughs) likely to be considered again once the draft ends because that's still a position of great need in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
I think you look at Victor uh, Kimadici and then you throw in Canard. Those are the backups besides Marcus Golden. You need to find another one. So I, I assume that's going to be on the list when it comes to the draft. We'll get into what the Cardinals might do with pick number 23 as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seats. And again, Cardinals Flight Plan Season 5, Episode 1. Available now via the Cardinals YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash Cardinals. We do it every week, typically Tuesdays, this week, Wednesday, but it is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat 11 a.m. year-round here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. And Jeff Gladney, like a shot, chops him down. Let's go! Let's get him, man! To me, it's a freebie. We, we got an, an extra first-round pick, you know, basically in free agency. Incredibly quick-footed, uh, highly instinctive player. Uh, it's a reason, again, he went in the first round. And we're getting a, you know, a, a starter in our building with... And we didn't, you know, waste any draft capital, right. basically. So um, he, he helps us out immediately. Excited to have him. And he's going to help big time, again, us taking that next step. Talking about brand new cornerback Jeff Gladney, the former Minnesota Vikings, whom the Cardinals signed here in free agency. By the way, that's the first person within the Arizona Cardinals building. Drew Grigson, the director of player personnel, who has spoken on the record about the Arizona Cardinals' newest cornerback, who he called, Grigson called Gladney a starter. So you have three right now with Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy, and Jeff Gladney. We'll see. Again, if they add to that mix, you can never have enough. So perhaps, maybe, at pick number 23, cornerback becomes an option. Or defensive line. I know, Kyle, you're big in finding someone especially to... Stop that run, which was such an issue a year ago. This team certainly has needs on the offensive end as well. But if you're general manager Steve Kahn, we have, again, one week from Thursday. The Cardinals will be on the clock. Yes, it does depend on who is available, but is there a position that's, in your eyes, supersedes all others? Yeah, to me, I think it has to be. Um, you know, I, I talked about last week, I, I like some of the D tackles in this draft, especially the, the ones that may be available at 23. Um, but I, I think edge is vital. I think you, um, again, you can never have too many corners because they're so valuable with, with the, the speed and the weapons um, on the outside. Um, but even the best corners can't cover forever. Um, you need guys that can can get pressure, that can hit quarterbacks, that can um, affect the passing game. Um, and, and you know, I think again, um, you know, that's that's what Chandler Jones was. Is he was a guy? He was a closer. You know, he was he would be able to shut down a drive on on crucial third downs. Um, be able to um, you know get pressures, hurry quarterbacks, speed up their uh, their internal clock, and, and affect the games that way. And I think. Um, you know, if if available, if you have that dynamic, um, quick twitch type guy um, that you can find to to step in, um, and you know, there's there's certain positions that definitely take a lot of time to develop. 
Um, but if you find a guy with, with that natural ability and those instincts and, and has that type of speed and quickness off the edge, um, and that's all you're asking him to do, those are the type of guys that you can plug in almost immediately and, and have an effect um, and, and help you win games. Now, if he if if he is considered a starter, I mean, looks like he can play both inside and outside. Talking about Gladney, Gladney, and then if they can retain Robert Alford, and so I don't think you're forced to take a corner. Uh, we don't know what the board's going to look like. I do like both of the Washington corners, uh, also Booth, but he can play inside and outside, so that gives you some flexibility. And if they retain Alford, you got to think because I think he's one of the more physical corners on the roster. Have to wait a little bit before we hear the commissioner say the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. And for Drew Grigson, a recent guest on the Big Red Rage, that's not a bad thing. It's a good spot to pick, and I'll tell you why. Because it's almost like when all of the sexy picks go, when all the height, weight, speed, and all the flash goes, and all the risky guys go, sometimes there's just that guy that's sitting there that is just a good football player, that loves the game. Maybe his arms are a little short. Maybe he didn't run as fast, but he's got... 10 sacks and 20 tackle for loss and uh, he and, and again loves the game and he's just a good football and you're getting a good starter that's going to play for you he's going to get a second contract so there's I, I think where we're picking is actually a little less risk because all that stuff starts to sort itself out you know all again all the combine guys all the guys you have questions about and then you're just sitting there and you just go boom that's the guy right there Grigson also added that the draft is, quote, strong when it comes to edge rushers, plus both offensive and defensive linemen. Of course, when you talk about that sexy pick, it's the skill position players. Not a quarterback. Cardinals don't need one. Cardinals don't need a running back, certainly not at number 23. Don't need to cover the tight end position. I think they're set at tight end with Zach Ertz and Max Williams. But wide receiver, what do you do there as far as looking towards the future? DeAndre Hopkins is not getting any younger. We talked about A.J. Green will be 34 when the season begins. Rondell Moore, what does he do in year two? But looking ahead towards this season and next season, potentially that wide receiver could be an option at number 23. Though, general manager Steve Keim, he's drafted several wide receivers, but never in the first round. Grigson on that record. I think it's just it's the, the way that it falls. And again, you know our philosophy, and we're going to stick to our philosophy, and that is take the best player available regardless of, of what the position is. So um, we're going to let it fall. We're going to pluck the players off the 120 as they're drafted around the league, and then when that player is left, we're going to take him. If it's a receiver, it's a receiver. If it's a lineman, it's a lineman. We're going to take what's best that makes us a better team to help us go from 11 wins in the first round of the playoffs deeper into the playoffs to a Super Bowl to a win. Question is, though, MJ, as far as which wide receiver potentially might be there, and then you compare their grade or how the Cardinals view that wide receiver versus the number one defensive tackle or the number two defensive tackle versus the number four cornerback, and now are all things equal, does wide receiver make the most sense? Um, Well, I mean, I think we're all fixated on you wanted a uh, number two wide receiver that has some length, and that's A.J. Green, but he's only on a contract one year. I know the Cardinals are very intrigued with Greg Dorch. Uh, I think the head coach would like to get him more involved, and t- Antoine Wesley. I mean, I think you you know, I think you have to address the position, but I don't think it's a need right at number 23. And again, now all of a sudden, are you looking for that outside receiver that's 6'2", 6'3", or can you take one of these speed guys and go four wide with Rondell Moore and and, and, and a guy like um, DeAndre Hopkins on the field, and you, Zach Ertz, is probably a, another target. Or take a chance if Jamison Williams should fall because you don't know how healthy he's going to be and 
how available he might be that first month of the regular season. So wide receiver, certainly. And I think you can go a number of different directions. It's, you know, it, on the surface, Kyle, you want to be picking in the top 10 because that's where the most talented players are. But if you have a top 10 pick, that means the season before wasn't very good. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And, and I, I like what uh, Drew Grigson said, you know, I, I, and I heard somebody talking this morning about how, um, you know, some teams – um, set their draft board before the combine, um, and I realize that's difficult because there's a lot of going on before the combine. Um, but there's always those, you know, guys that are track guys that do unbelievable things at the combine that doesn't correlate to what they did on the football field. And um, you know, football players aren't necessarily phenomenal athletes. Some guys are just football players. They're instinctive. Um, they make plays. They they. Know, you know they have a, a good football IQ, and those things don't always show up at the combine. So you're sitting at 23. There's going to be, you know, a handful of teams that that draft a guy just by his combine numbers, by his broad jump, and how quick his 10 was, and his short shuttle. Um, but then you plug in their film from the previous season, and and they're invisible. So at 23, you have the luxury of, you know, some of those guys are going to be off the board, and you just trust what you see on tape, how they played in college, how they helped their team win games in college, and I think that's the best approach. And the wild card in all of this, quarterback. How many come off the board before pick number 23 to where a talented player falls to you? Is that two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks? It's not supposedly a great quarterback draft class, but you have to have a quarterback in order to have a chance to win ball games on Sunday. Does the team take a chance on a quarterback perhaps early and obviously get that fifth-year option, which everyone likes to have when you're talking about a first-round draft pick? Hey, still one more week of talk to go before we know for certain. Special thanks behind the scenes, our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Omohundro, technical director, Cody Fincher. For Kyle Vandenbosch, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.